I'm well, a fun you guy. You have fun when they finish below 500. I'm just Captain Fun. I guess. Or a captain suit, the show from now on. I don't like the half point. Well, that's called the hook. I don't like it. What the hook How do you get rid of it? Can you get rid of the hook? I'm going to have a coronary. I'm getting too old for this job, but you guys may have won. Upset. If you look back at where the term came from, it was from a horse race. Upset when did you turn a, into Cliff Clavin? I like this job. <laughs> I've had it for a long time, Paul. Last one. This is like chemistry lab. I You're just, on the verge of next year's Super Bowl. I can't Bowl. help Let what I think. Be honest, Paulie. You're not doing this for <laughs> other people's entertainment. You are truly enjoying this. This is Orange Nation. With Stephen Fonte and Paulie Sebelia. Sinclair, the senior from Costa Rica, to do what was unthinkable months ago. And the U.S. are national champions for the first time in program history. Forgotten about, left behind, 12 transfers from all over the country have come together to etch their names in history and never be forgotten again. There it is. That's how it sounded on ESPNU last night. Syracuse men's soccer. National champions after missing out on the NCAA tournament last year. Picked to finish fourth in its own conference. That's pretty good. And they are now the kings of college soccer, defeating Indiana in penalty kicks. Welcome into Orange Nation. Stephen Fonte, Paulie Sibilia with you. We've got John Schmelk on with us at 12.15. He joins us at 12.15 every Tuesday. We'll talk Giants football with him. Uh, we will talk with Joe Girard. He's going to join us here in studio coming up at 1 o'clock, and he's going to tell us about uh, a new NIL partnership that he's got with uh, Novice Clothing Line. And we'll uh, take your phone calls throughout at 315-437-7644. SU men's basketball team uh, taking care of Monmouth last night. Uh, close game at the half, pulled away in the second half to win their fourth straight. But we are starting the show Talking soccer, it's been, what, seven years since we last saw a national champion at Syracuse University. Men's cross country, women's field hockey, uh, winning titles back in 2015 on the same weekend. And now uh, the men's soccer team, the first to do it since then. Did you? I, I was going to ask you if you watched the game. I, I know that I you were. At, I know you were at the. Well, I watched every second. Well, of it was it was on the on yeah, the jumbo. We had it on the screen next. So, next to us so let me ask table. you this: When when they won the game, it was the second half had already started. No, it was at halftime. Oh, it was at halftime. Okay. Yeah, Matt Park actually called the oh, did goal he? on the radio? Okay, yeah, so. I, I knew it was it was close, right? Because I, I had them both on in the in the in the studio. Uh, I was back at Channel Nine. Crowd last went night. nuts. Yeah, some of the players were uh, were. Yeah, I was. <laughs> it, it was interesting because I I liked that they were doing it, but I also saw. As a distraction, like if oh, I was, sure a, it was if I was a basketball coach or a player, yeah. I would have been mad that it was on because it's distracting from the actual game. Well, we had uh, we had Joe Girard on Bridge Street this morning, and we actually asked him about that, and we said, you know, did you know what was going on? And he's like, it was hard not to know what was going on. Yeah. It, I think I think it was uh, I think it was absolutely a distraction for them, but. Um, what an exciting thing! I know that you're not a huge soccer fan. We've talked about PKs on the show before. I'm not sure, it, I, and I said this to Joe this morning. I'm not sure there's anything more stressful in sports than a PK to win a national championship. It's kind of like a you know a free throw with no time on the clock. What about the guy who misses? That well, I know that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. My, my wife and I were texting back and forth. She was at home, and she was you know she she doesn't really follow soccer, but she was invested. She said she got choked up when they won, and that was what she was saying. Like, you know, you feel bad for the guy 
that misses because you know that that's really what it comes down to in soccer. Like other sports, you know, it can come down to one play, a last second shot, whatever the case may be. But you can always look back and say, well, you know, this play helped us out. This play, you know, they, but with soccer in a game like that, it's you, you kind of felt like it's going to come down to who makes a mistake, right? Who you know who makes a mistake and who gives up the game winning goal. And in PKs, that that's what it comes down to. Who's going to make a mistake? Coach Sadlin said something on the air too. Could you imagine being like I don't have kids, but could you imagine being yes. the parent it's, of it's those brutal. college kids or anybody in that situation? It's brutal. I know this was not for a national championship, but my son was in in PKs. He's uh, he's on a travel team, and they were they were in West Virginia playing in a regional tournament. And the winner goes to nationals. They lost in PKs. I think it was to go to like Arizona or something. It it is gut wrenching. It is, I mean it is. It, what did they say on the broadcast last night? It's the best way to win. It's the worst way to lose. Yeah. Like I I can't imagine losing a game like that. And how about Syracuse posting a goal? Like the guy hits the yeah. the top of the goal. And it goes in, and Indiana thinks they've won the national right? championship, and they all start running, and then, oh, well, yeah. wait, that went in. Right. I don't know if you saw this on social media, but just like there was a watch party inside the Dome, there was a watch party at, at Indiana, and when that happened, they flashed on their big screen, Indiana University <laughs> men's soccer national champions, and uh, oops, we got we to gotta take that down. Getting corrected, not a soccer guy. Big difference, Steve, between a goal getting blocked and missing. Even though you missed, it was blocked. Yeah, but that was a it, he took a, it was a poor PK. Yeah, it, it was. was it was a poor PK. He didn't get a lot on it. He didn't put it close enough to the post, and he gave Sheely a chance to save well, it, and, your, he, and he did. Get so. your act together. What, what are you talking about? I'm just, he, I'm just correcting you because the chat has corrected us for saying that. There's a big difference, Steve, between a save and a miss. Uh, I don't think so in this case, but that, that that's fine. either way it's, you missed. It, it was it was a poor attempt at a PK. And he's got to live with that for the rest of his life. And I feel awful for him. I mean, that is that is a tough way to lose. And uh, here's Coach McIntyre saying whether or not he thought this was possible at the start of the season. Uh, no, because we've got too many English guys involved in our coaching staff. So <laughs> we never win a penalty shootout. Um, that's why we uh, recruit Germans, I guess. Um, uh, no, the answer is that's no. I can, I can, uh, it, it's a terrific group and we kept growing and evolving and getting better and better. Um, but no, we uh, look. I talked to you guys. We were trying to get a home uh, home game in the ACC tournament. Yeah, that was their goal at the beginning of the season, you know. And and steadily the goals got bigger and bigger as as this team kept winning and winning. And uh, you know, I, I said this on the air this morning. You can't help but root for Ian McIntyre. There is not a nicer guy in right. the world. And he absolutely deserved it. And I think that, you know, just like a, we, we talk about this all the time, that a team t- can take on the personality of the coach. He was very loose. He was very relaxed throughout this whole process. You know, just interviewing him week after week and round after round. It was all about winning the next one. And, you know, he even said it the, the other day. He said, we don't have to beat 47 teams. We got to beat the next one. And there's only one left. And they had to go out and beat Indiana. And they, they took care of business. Well, no, what goes through my head at uh... – when I'm watching soccer on TV, how come the coaches have such nice chairs in soccer? Do you notice that? They have like this big leather. <laughs> I did notice that, yes. <laughs> what is up with that? I need one of those. Like we're sitting here on these raggedy it's a old long chairs. Game. You got to settle in, Paulie. Got to settle in. But why isn't that a thing in all sports? Like I don't know. Why do soccer coaches get the nicest chairs? The they look like that, pilot the, chairs. The things that stand out to you. They didn't stand out to you. Like, you did notice it. 
But it just pops in my stupid head and I can't shake it. I'm like, yeah. why is why is Ian McIntyre got a better chair than I do? What the hell? What the hell? Is that at every game or is that just na- yeah, it, or those just national championship chairs? If you watch any professional soccer, they've all got those chairs. Nicer than the damn couch I got in my living room. Yeah. Um, I, I'm curious to hear this one. I did not hear this one. How did he pick the uh, the, the PK? Is that the one you just played? Is that no? no I okay. picked it. Uh, Can you play that one? Yeah. Second uh, one. How did, how he picked the PK lineup? I asked the guys. Like I, I'm a big believer. When you get to a shootout, you need to ask the guys about. Do they want one? Uh, I don't want to force anyone. Look, we rode a Poku Nate tonight, right? Uh, so Nate the whole time. Uh, and he had tied legs, and, and I trust that guy. Same for jo- Jonah. Jonah was scheduled to, to take one, and, and it, it's, uh, it, it takes a lot of courage, guys, to say, no, I don't want a penalty. It's easy to kind of just get bullied into it. Um, and then the guys, how about Anthony Sinclair stepping up? But yeah, Levante's number seven because he, he took an absolute horrendous penalty during the season against Bucknell when he was going through his hat-trick. <laughs> so uh, the guys uh, were, were, were probably worried when he walked, but how about that confidence? And mm-hmm. Anthony Sinclair, uh, uh, how about this guy? Captain and uh, leader spiritually on the field, covers every blade of grass. And for him to step up and to uh, score the winning penalty, uh, I, I think it was written. Yeah, Levante Johnson, the one that uh, that hit the crossbar, and uh, and they benefited from the crossbar twice in this game. You, I don't again, I don't know how much you watched, but yeah, Indiana it, thought they had a goal. The crossbar kept it uh, from going, uh, you know, into the goal. Sheely made the save. Isn't and, it weird on that too? You're watching it, and from one angle it looked like it went in, yeah. and then from another angle it looked like it didn't. Yep, yep, it's amazing. Um, I mean, that's how close Soccer it is, was right? Fun. That's how that's last how close night. it is. It was very fun last night. Um, you know, and I, again, we talk about the personality of Ian McIntyre, and he's you know taking a shot there at Levante Johnson. He took a shot at Russell Sheely, uh, you know, afterwards in the in the post game press conference. All in all, in good fun, uh, saying you know we didn't have a ton of confidence in in the PKs. He stopped three all year. He stopped one against Virginia, and he stopped two in this one. And in practice, he never stops them. You know, and I, again, I think the players feed off of that, and uh, and they enjoy playing for a guy like that. That they. It keeps it loose, keeps it fun, and um, with with so much pressure and everything on the line, I think those guys staying relatively loose, I think there's no doubt it helped them. Yeah, and here's uh, Coach McIntyre on what he talked to his team about before, about doing something special. Talked about um, at the, the ACC run, um, uh, trying to do something magical. Then after that, like you have that big high, and then we said, well, what can we do now? And then we talked about doing something kind of legendary. I know it's a little bit cheesy, a little bit kind of cliche, but we just did something really remarkable. And uh, uh, we've come a long way. And um, uh, this group, uh, some guys have gone through um, some real challenges the last couple of years. We added some new faces this year. Um, Some of our younger guys have grown up. And uh, this journey that we've been on has um, has been amazing. It's true, and you're gonna you're gonna laugh at me here. But, okay, I can't wait. Um, I enjoy. I remember here. being in the locker room before our state title game when I was a senior in high school, and I remember our coach, <laughs> Pat Donnelly, saying, "You guys have a chance to do something today that no one can ever take away from you as long as you live. Like you guys will be special." And it and it and it's right. Like all these years later, like every every five years, you know, every every zero and every five on the anniversary, like fifteenth anniversary, twentieth anniversary, you know, we all get together and there's always a you know a celebration and and for the rest of our lives it'll be like that. And I realize this is that is like a dumbed down example to winning a national championship, but 
he's essentially saying the same thing, right? That, you know, they had a chance to do something like these guys will like they're the first ever to do it. They will be they will be heroes around here and and in the you know, within that soccer program for the rest of their lives. Five years from now, ten years from now, twenty years from now, thirty years from now, they're gonna be coming back and they're gonna be having sell you know, they will be tied together for the rest no, of their lives. Nobody can take the loss away from you either. Steve. No, I know it's true. It's true. You live just, with the yeah. result. Oh, you man. live with the result. Yeah, it's gotta be horrible. Yeah. I mean, we've heard Jim Beheim talk about that. You know, the '87 game sticks out to him. You know, he remembers the wins, but that, like, that's the one that you know kind of sits with him. Um, it, you you win with the, you know, you live with the wins, you live with the losses, and you know these guys will live with this win for the rest of their lives. And then no one can, no matter where they go in life, no one can ever take. You always be take a national champ, Steve. Yeah. You'll always be a state champ. I, I know. I, it's not. I, I, I see. No, no, no. I knew no, you were going to la- no, laugh no. at me, but I, it's no. I it's get the it. best I could do to relate to this. I get it. I have nothing to relate to. I, I beat my brothers in Monopoly once. Right? Uh, <laughs> four, no no celebration every hour, ten years. <laughs> four hours of rigorous battling. And Monopoly nobody, is a long. Nobody game. threw the. Nobody threw the board. That was a long soccer game last night, but it was uh, it, it was, was well worth it. I I in the past week have bowled and watched soccer, <laughs> so so I got that going for me. All right, uh, we do have to take a time out here. We can certainly circle back to this three one five four three seven seventy six forty four is the number. But coming up next, we've got John Schmelk. We're going to talk Giants football with John before we get back into SU athletics. You're listening, to Orange Nation on ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. Doing the top seven most played songs of the 20th century. Know this one, Steve? This is a great song. This was number six behind Mrs. Robinson by Simon and Garfunkel. Not one Michael Jackson song. Really? You know what other one shocked me? I thought Stairway to Heaven would be on the list. Not on there. It's because of uh, Stairway to Heaven wasn't played like cross cross genres. Genres, yeah. yeah. It didn't cross over like some country songs do. But there you go, Steve. I'm uh, if they made it to Sunny 102 from 93Q, they they, they uh, had a good chance had, to be on this list. Yes. The only one like song hit the top 15 that was like modern, I would say, and that was Every Breath You Take by The Police. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, you want to Fas- get on to fascinating it? It is fascinating. Right? You want to get on to some, some basketball talk? Uh, sure. We're, we're more than 30 minutes into the show. We haven't even talked huge basketball. What did you yet. make of the game? It was... Uh, not a pretty win, but it was a win, right? It was a win. Um, you know, I, I don't think we learned all that much about this team last night. Not that I expected to learn all that much. It's it's a process, right? And and last night was was part of the process. Uh, we talked about yesterday about how this team has a chance to go on an eight game winning streak before they get to that Virginia game, and then you roll the dice against the Cavs and see what happens. It was part of the process about getting better. You know, you said something interesting before the show. I always do, Steve. It it was interesting. You said this year might be a chemistry lab all season long. Right. That they might, it it does, you do have the feel with this team that you're, they're going to be working on things for a while here. I won't hold it against Coach Beheim if he goes against his own, this isn't a chemistry lab. Maybe that was just last year he was talking about. But this year I feel like they have enough players 
that they can sit, figure out who's going to work each game, and each game might be different. Right, and and so I think with that in mind, like I think Coach's point last year was you don't experiment in a game and just, you know, well, really, we'll throw up our hands and try this. I, I think that that was his point. Yeah. you know, and, and so he's still not doing that this year, but to your point, and again, it goes back to I keep bringing up what Jim Sadlin said at the beginning of the season about, you know, he may still play seven or eight guys, but it might be a different seven or eight guys when you get into ACC play, depending on the matchup, depending on, you know, who's doing what. Um, you know, we saw Malik Brown a- again do his job last night. And he, and he's, you know, just like John Bolajak, it's hard to take him off the court when he goes and does his job. It, it You know, Malik Brown is little by little, I think, starting to to earn his way onto the he court. He said to, to me in his postgame right after the game was – in the second half, we had to play Benny at the three so we could get Malik in the game. Right, which is interesting. And then, you know, and he talked about that afterwards that, you know, they may have to put two power forwards on the floor at the same time to rebound. And, you know, I, I believe the quote last night was it's not ideal, but they may have to do it. And you sacrifice a little bit of scoring with that. Hopefully Benny can get to the point where he's scoring more on a consistent basis he's and gotta, then you're not sacrificing the scoring. He's gotta go to the rim. Yeah. He's got to stop settling for jump shots. He takes a lot of jump shots. And I saw a learning moment and a teaching moment from Coach Bingham. He caught a ball like two feet from the basket. Instead of just going up strong, he faded away and missed. And he's just, I don't know if he's just not wired that way as a as a power forward or if he's just doesn't want, to, want the contact or whatever. I do think that's one of the areas that, Jesse Edwards has improved in where we saw Jesse's first couple years here. He would miss a lot of bunnies because he was trying to lay it in or be soft. And now he's just, you know, if he, if he can hammer it home on you, he's going to hammer it home on you. And I think that that is one area that we've seen him improve. And, you know, maybe it just hasn't clicked for Benny in, in that way. Um, but I'm with you. You know, I think he needs to, he, he needs to kick it up a notch uh, with the, with the aggression a little bit. Um, and I think you know his game will improve if if he's able to do. I that. mean, he did not. He played good in the second half last night and knocked down some. Yep, knocked down some jumpers. But I'd love to see him. And it may it, he's doing the Quincy thing, right? Quincy Garrier didn't want to rebound and well, Quincy did rebound though, yeah, but yeah, he but wanted he, to show scouts that yeah. he could shoot from the outside. But he he did. I mean, Quincy played with physicality, but um, he didn't want to. I don't know if he didn't want to. I think he wanted to showcase another element of his game. Um, that means he didn't want to do okay. that. He didn't want to do what he Syracuse wanted to do more. Needed. He, he wanted to do more. I'm more wa- than just that. He wanted to. He didn't want to do what it took for Syracuse to win it back. Okay. All right. And Je- and Benny's got to be able to start rebounding. He had five last night, which is okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, Malik Brown came in and, and had 11.7 rebounds. Um, and yeah, again, Benny Benny played. Pretty well. Um, Chris Bell, no rebounds again. And again, Jim Beheim discussed that minutes. afterwards. He had 12 minutes. But, you know, the other thing with him is there's going to be games that where the teams aren't as physical or, you know, and he's going to get shots. So he'll be in. There's going to be games where Justin Taylor is knocking down shots. So other people might not play, you know, and it's going to be interesting because they all have really different kinds of skill sets, and they right. may fit in differently each game. Right. And Justin Taylor's a great example. You go back to the Bryant game, and some of that was out of necessity because Judah got kicked out of the game. But, you know, he 
played whatever it was, 26 minutes, scored 25 points, and then you know a game like last night, he scored two points. I feel like... Or, la- got two minutes. Yeah, right? I feel like last night was more of a product of Mintz and Gerard played good. Played well. Yeah. yeah, so they didn't have to sit. Right. And I saw on social media, and Jordan posted, pointed out to me, it's not everybody. We, we hate people that say everybody. There's a lot of people that were negative on Joe's game last night, and that he was fine. That's what they need out of him. Yeah, he's he's played well during this four game stretch. And again, I, it's not a coincidence that when he plays well, this team generally plays. Judemitz well. is a stud. He is. He's working his way to. I mean, just stuff in the stat sheet, assists, steals. He's what you want at the top of the zone. Yeah, he's uh, he's a great player, and and we we talked about and. You know, we expect everything instantaneously in this day and age, but we talked about, well, he's got you know, he's got to be more of a distributor. He can't always just look for a shot. It took him all of, you know, seven games to figure that out. I mean, the, these last four games, he has been absolutely fantastic. Another thing that happened last night that Monmouth did was they mucked up the game. They, yeah. they were fouling. They were going to be physical. They were going to push you around. And, and it was funny because Coach Shadow said, I didn't – Know this was what they were going to do, but King Rice didn't argue with one one call that the officials made. They were out there just trying to get in Syracuse's head and out physical. And uh, we saw that when when Bryant was here, same same type of thing. But Syracuse won this one, right? And, and maybe they learned from that. Yeah, you know, maybe they learned from it. Just to finish my thought about Judah, uh, with figuring it out with being a distributor. His last four games now, he's got twenty two assists and two turnovers. How many steals? He's got nine in the last two games. He's got nine in the last two games. Give him another four. He's got uh, 13 through the last four games. That's pretty good, too. Yeah. He is going to be fun to watch down the stretch if this team uh, makes a run. Yeah, and, you know, this game on Saturday is interesting. You know, we, we've we've touched on it a little bit here and there that, you know, Cornell can score the basketball. They don't defend very well. Right. Um, they might, you know, they might have a little bit of Colgate in them. Um, the the way that they can score and you know they're not necessarily a great defensive team so this will be an interesting this will show you how much they've I, I grown up since yeah I was gonna say game. I don't want to call it a test because no, you you should go out and beat Cornell stick. but I don't, I don't I'm I'm hesitant to even say that it's a game you should Dude, go out they were, and win they were within Miami might be one of the best teams in the ACC and they gave them all that they could handle no I know I we we look at the term measuring stick differently though like well compared to the Colgate game you're gonna see how much they've grown up yeah, since the okay. Colgate game it, it's it's an interesting game and that's fine if you want to I'll say, say that. what I want okay well again measuring stick to me is like Illinois is a measuring stick Virginia is a measuring stick well this team is different <laughs> they're okay. not as good as those two teams so your next measuring stick okay. gonna be a little smaller. Cornell yes Maybe St. John's would be a measuring stick. I don't know if Cornell is a measuring stick. I, w- I would put them at it right now. They I, almost I get Miami. your point, though. I, I understand damn right your point. you do, because I'm smart, and I know what I'm talking about. Still trying to figure out it's getting early late. I'm still trying to figure that one out. You understood what I meant. You want this team to be good at the end of the season. <laughs> I do. Yes, you do. That's the scary part. I do I do know what you mean. The forward play has been disappointing, and Coach uh, Beheim has not been uh, exactly quiet about it. We didn't want to play tonight. Uh, uh, our forwards have not wanted to play this year. Uh, and if they don't want to play, we're not going to be very successful. Uh, Judah and Joe did all they could to try to keep us ahead. And- 
Yeah. Um, it was a random ending. To well, that. yeah, he was, there, was, there was more to that. But, yeah, I mean, he, he was he was very complimentary of the of the guard play. Um, and, the you know, he, he needs the forwards to, to rebound more. Um, and then he talked about the, you know, the potential of putting two power forwards on the floor at one time. We did try Benny at the three because it gets Malik in the game to rebound that. I think that's something that might work. But at the end of the day, Benny's got to be able to score. He got the offensive rebound put back, and then he got another one in the lane. And, uh, you know, we know he can shoot, but he's got to get something inside. Yes. Okay, what Captain, else you got? Captain Obvious yeah. has spoken. What else you got there? You got uh, the sound in front of you. I do have the sound. More on the – he was beaten on the forwards last night. Benny was there two or three times and didn't get the rebound against a 6'5 guy. So there's going to be a 6'10 guy over there once we get going in the league. You know, Chris had zero rebounds, which is nothing new. And uh, <laughs> you know, I can't play somebody that can't get a rebound in a game. <laughs> I, just, I just can't do it. Uh, it's just we can't win that way. So we're going to have to think about that, see what we're going to do going forward. It's a work in progress, as we said. It is a work in progress. Their defense was not great in the first half. The second half, I think that's what saved the game for them was their defense. I give Monmouth a a lot of credit. I thought they played very well. I thought uh, they haven't been shooting at that. The first half they shot, you know, 50 from the field. I thought they really played well. And... uh, we have to play some defense. If we'd have played some, it would have been a close game, but we'd have been up eight or ten, and we'd, we're lucky to be ahead at halftime. So disappointing. Had a really good practice uh, yesterday, and uh, I thought we'd be uh, ready to play today. We weren't. So uh, I, I just told them we've got three days of practices, which we really need. I'm going to say something, Steve. I think the team was distracted. You're coming off a huge game against Georgetown because it's the big rival, right? And then you get to the game, and it doesn't even feel like your own fans are watching you because that soccer game's on. It was weird. Their warm-ups didn't have any music. It, I, it was a weird situation. So I was, I was at Channel 9 last night. I was not uh, at the Dome for the game. So explain that to me. So when they were warming up, it the was just the, it was was the, the audio could, of the broadcast? Yeah, and you could hear it. They didn't do the usual warm-up stuff. That Yeah, it, it was weird. I can understand how it may have been a distraction and they may not have been mentally in it because yeah. it felt like the crowd was elsewhere. And why wouldn't they? And they literally were elsewhere yeah. until halftime, the end of halftime. Yeah. Uh, Mamba shot fifty-seven percent from the field in the first half, and it was uh, it was a two-point game, forty-two forty at the break, and then uh, second half, uh, you know, the order was restored. Yeah, um, and I said I said during the broadcast last night to Matt Coach, I go, you know what, it'd be really good if they can hold them below seventy. Like, and they didn't, but it was pretty essentially, close. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty close, and. the The defense was much better. I felt that was the second. point you made on the show yesterday. You yeah. said when Syracuse. It's better when they hold their opponent to in the 60s, 60s yes. opposed to the 70s. I told you I'm very <laughs> smart about this basketball game. That uh, that was an astute observation. Uh, I'm not blaming the fans. CBW in the chat, blame the fans. No, I'm not blaming the fans. I'm blaming the atmosphere. It was it was a weird atmosphere. It felt it it 
it felt different than there was actually a basketball game going on at the Dome. And I, I can I, see and, that. And I can understand how it was kind of contagious right. in there. It just didn't feel it, – it may have not been best to have it up on the – the big screens and just if you wanted to go watch it, go watch it in the backcourt and do everything normal that you did for warmups. It was so throw the music on and then yeah. and then have the people watch it in back. Yeah, I mean it was a distraction. I don't know. It was a national title game. I get why they did it. I you do know, too. But, but I I understand your point that it it maybe took them out of their rhythm to start the game or for whatever reason. Um, but I again it I I understand why the school did it and I. I I think they should have done it. I, I think they should I have had too, the game on. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you don't turn the volume on. Yeah, right. I don't know. Live and learn. Yeah, it was kind it's of a good problem. It was to kind have. of a, yeah, it was. It was a, it was good. They won the game too. It was just a weird atmosphere. It felt distracting. Yeah. All right. Uh, with that, we will uh, we'll take a time out here. Phone line's still open at three one five four three seven seven six forty four. I understand. How what did you're they saying. play in COVID? Well, every game was like that in COVID. There wasn't a crowd not pay, they're not paying attention to them. Does that make sense? Yes, it, it does. There wasn't it's like seven thousand people there not you know watching you. It's like uh it's like being a teacher and the students, you know, somebody's on their phone or they're having a conversation or, or people aren't paying attention. Yes, it can be it distracting. Was a, it was it. a weird vibe in the dome last night for basketball. I get that. It was like a basketball game was going on during a watch party. Yeah. Well, that's because... And then the crowd got into it there, in the second half. It's because there was a basketball game going on during a watch party. Yeah, that's, right. that's That's why it felt like that. It's weird. Uh, all right, we'll take a time out here. We've got Joe Girard set to join us here in studio coming up at 1 o'clock. We'll wrap up our number one next on ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 at 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> The number two song played of the 20th century is our uh, artist of the day is the top seven most songs played songs. Never My Love by The Association. It's another good one, Steve. It is, as you mentioned, all, all old, old songs, classics. 60s, 70s, yeah. 50s mostly. They've had longer to be played more. Correct. Your, my knowledge is catching on to you, Steve. You, so it's it's better when SU gives up in the 60s than yes. it is when they give up in the 70s. Just like if it's better if you have written a song in the 60s right? because you have more chances for it to be played on the radio. Than the 90s, then, yes, for correct. instance. Yes, correct. You are yes. correct. Yes. Math is fun. Um, Steve. Pauly. There is uh, there's football stuff going on. Do we want to talk about that or do we want to... Uh, do we want to talk about basketball? Well, Dino's not going to Purdue. That is correct. We, we know that. How do we feel about the rumor of Rocky Long? I feel like his name was brought up. I asked you this on the show on Friday. Do you think that they will hire a coordinator that does the same scheme, or will they go elsewhere? And there's only, like you said, there's only like three guys <laughs> that run this defense in the country. I think it make it would make sense to keep the scheme consistent. They found something that works. You know, Rocky Long is you know considered the, the as, as it was put today the Godfather. I was going to say the architect, but yeah. you know it's it's he's he knows it in and out, and they've got 
they've shown a track record that it works, and they've got guys in place to make it work. But he's 72. I understand. You also could just bring him in and say, hey, let's do this for a year or two. Get somebody trained at it. Show Nick Monroe what it's all about. Yeah. Somebody. I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, Co- Coach P's still doing it. At, I mean, I, I know that he's yeah. he's currently not doing it, but. We don't say that name around here, Steve. Why is that? I don't know. I just feel like he's been blacklisted. Uh were you even you, like okay? So Jordan, Pop- I, I didn't mean that Paul Pascoe was going to come here. No, it, I know. Coach P seventy three. Yeah. My point was his age. You said he's seventy two. My point is, you, you know, Jim Beheim's seventy eight. So yeah, you it, can still coach. You, yes, you don't right. forget it. Right. I just meant in terms of Rocky Long. I think it makes a lot of sense. Maybe not a, a permanent, you know, long term solution, but. For the here and now, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. As a Steelers fan, Dick LeBeau was pretty good at uh, that defense thing up until he was like 104, I believe. So it can be done. I, I think it makes sense. Jordan also put on here, Purdue hired Ryan Walters as their head coach. Was Did anybody think that Dino Babers was seriously... I, I think some people. I mean, I didn't think that, but I, I didn't either. You know, and, and we talked about this. I don't. I think if Tony White thought there was any sort of chance that Dina was going somewhere, I think Tony White is. Yeah, would have would have waited it give out. Give me a little yeah. bit of time. Yeah, give me it. a little bit of time on that. I, I don't. I don't think there was anything to that. Um, but he's he's not going. It's official now. Like you don't have if if people were I was going to say worried about or wondering about it. He's not going to Purdue. It's also a good thing that it didn't happen because of how late in the game it is. You don't want to be. You don't want it to happen now. Right, right. You've got a signing day coming up in less than a week, or yeah. well, a week from week from tomorrow. So, it is late in the game. It also just shows you seven and five at Syracuse will put your name on a list. <laughs> I've said that about both the coordinators too. Uh, you know, man, that's impressive. Not for not as PR for the football program, but. Man, I mean, it is when you look at both coordinators. It is truly impressive what they both did here. You know, I've to- also, yeah, I've also been talked on the ledge, talked off the ledge. They both had, they both enjoyed their time. It wasn't like they left angry. They both had family. It was better move. You know, it was a better spot for both of them. Right. I think that everybody comes back to well, it just came down to dollars and cents, and Syracuse. You know, it doesn't pay assistance. Like, that's, I think that's the common. My sources have said, because it was said publicly, was they, they, they made decent offers to these guys. Right. And, you know, and they both had, uh, they both had buyouts. So, you know, these other schools really wanted them. And listen, Nebraska's got Big Ten money. They're, they're putting up, uh, you know, I, I'm sure he's getting a handsome raise. NC State stings a little. I see that, but me. He's got three kids who live within an hour of Raleigh. It, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, and I'm sure he's getting paid a little bit more money. To, you know, giving him a little bit of a boost, and uh, and and for family reasons, he's close. I I don't know. I, it's the 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 Tony White one to me is a bigger loss. And we talked about this on the air that you know Jason Beck was maybe you know I I don't know if he's he was not going to be parent, right? well. Yeah, I was gonna, I was going to say I don't know how long you would have had both guys. Like if Robert and I made a home here and stayed here. I'm not sure how long you would have been able to hang on to Jason Beck. Jason Beck, by all accounts, seems ready for this position, and you know he's he's a good recruiter and he's ready to rock and roll. And I, I think the Tony White one hurts more because of what he was able to do, how he was able to do it, 
Players love playing for him. And look, hopefully he does very well at Nebraska for the reason if uh, it doesn't work out for Dino, you can circle back to him because he enjoyed his time here. Yeah. Thank you. No, I, I think that I think that makes sense. Um, and it's good for the program, too, when, right. when your assistants go on and, and do uh, you would hope and better to keep things. them. I understand that that would have been an ideal situation. You would you, you would hope that at some point you can get past the building block, you know, that, that you're a building block on someone's resume instead, and, and they want to stay here. Yeah, and I think that they believe they solved that issue with Marone, right? I think that was one of the the really um, but then the NFL the selling points. <laughs> right, no, but I'm saying I think that was one of the selling points with Marone was that. It was not former. I'm saying the fans on Marone. Was, yeah. Oh, okay. He's a you know, dream job, cute guy. He's going to be here. He's going to win here. He's going to stay. And I don't think people. I don't think people saw that coming. You know, he goes 500 over four years, and then the Bills uh, come calling, and you know, you can't say no to the NFL. And I, I get that. Um, I got another question for you about Dino. His contract could be up in a year, right after next year, 2000. Could be for all we know. A year or two. Yeah. Yeah. One or the other. It's is Syracuse is in a weird position with him after the seven and five season, right? Well, you worry about the lame duck situation. Yeah, like yeah. is is he a lame duck? What does it take to get in is is seven and five again next year good enough to get the extension? Is that is a six and really six, good question. It, that's a tough position to be in if you're John Wildhack. You hate when I say this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. I want to see what it looks like. Yeah, right? I know. I, I, it, but it doesn't make recruiting any easier by saying that. No, I know. I know. But I think if you're seeing, and, and John Wildhack all, all along has said, if you're seeing, you know, are we seeing progress? Are we seeing things moving You want forward? it to be Dino if you're a Syracuse well, fan. Yeah. As much as yes. it hasn't been pretty, you want it to be Dino. Yes. You don't want to have to make a change. For a lot of reasons. Yeah. Right. You want consistency. You want it to work. Um and I think the university is giving him every opportunity to make it work. Um, and to your point, I think the fans, you know, want to make it work because that's what's best for the program. You want him to be successful. What is success next year? You know, um, I think seven to so, five is fine. So, yeah, right. But, but looking at the schedule, you want more than that because this year we came in looking at the schedule and blame that for anything that would have caused them from having a winning season. Next year you look at it and you're like, well, they should win four games right off the bat. You know, you would hope. Mm-hmm. You would hope. Um, yeah, they they got to get to a bowl again, and they they need this to be consistent. I mean, they they missed. I was gonna say wasted an opportunity. It, it does. It feels like they wasted that opportunity in 2018 when they won 10 games. You felt like, all right, are they gonna cap? You know, they got to capitalize off this, and they didn't. And you know, they took a, a big step back, and obviously 2020 was a disaster and, and you know, COVID and whatnot, and now they're building it back up. They win five games now. You know, they, they've got an opportunity to win eight games. You know, that's definitely progress. And then what do you do? Do you capitalize on that now? Go into a bowl game, winning seven or eight games? If you go to back-to-back to back bowl games, I think you got to extend them, right? And you got to – but how far – like, it's such a – like how how big of an extension do you give a guy who's gotten to three bowl games? You know, but you got to do it for recruiting. Sure, and I think maybe that's where the negotiations come in with the buyout. You know, in terms of 
we'll sign you for this amount of time. And, but there, you know, there's not a heavy buyout for, you know, for the university if they, if they think it's not going well, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's where the negotiations come in. That's why coaches have agents and, um, but you're right. It is a, it's a tough spot because it's not, it really isn't a no brainer either right. way. Right. You, right. you want to, we want to see how it looks, but you also want him to be the guy and you want to tell recruits not to worry. You know, if you come here, he's going to be the guy. Um, but it's, it is, it's a, it's a tough situation. But I think you know this year was definitely a step in the right direction. Right. If I don't know, I, I have a lot of questions. Like, would you ask? Do you think if you're Dino Babers and you get to eight wins this year, do you ask for an extension now? Would you? I, I, think, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I would I think, too. <laughs> you know, if if we're being honest, like I I wonder if that's how his name got floated out there for the Purdue job. Like I, I you, right, right. Am I crazy in thinking that? No. No. It, it, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I, I think absolutely. You're, it, right. you're also not at a place where the bar is actually that high for you to be considered, you know, to be considered a, a good coach, you know. After Pascaloni, it's been kind of, eh, you know. I'm not saying they're going to build a statue for you, but... Job security should be pretty easy at Syracuse. Yeah, I mean, if you can consistently go to bowl games, and that's where next year—that's why next year is so important. You know, if you can, if you can make it to a second straight bowl game, and what would that be? That would be, I think you almost have to take twenty twenty out. That would be essentially three bowl games in the last five years, right? Um, I, I think that that would be okay. That you know, that feels like a step forward. You know, for this program from where it was. So, you know, is the is Syracuse football in a better position now than than when Dino got here? And I think you know if you're able. I don't to, know, but I'm saying if you're able to go to a bowl game again next year, yeah. I think the answer is yes. If you've gone to three in in five years, um, and back to back years, I, I would say yeah. You know, yeah, and I think that's your case for an extension and. The job also isn't easy in the fact that you lose your coordinators all the time. <laughs> also, well, that hurts. Yeah. yeah, I mean this. And again, I'll go back to I think Beck's just, ready, and I think he's going to be. I think that's going to work out. I, I, I'm curious to see who they get for the defensive coordinator. Is that me making excuses again? Apparently, when I point out a reality. Well, that, it's a, uh, it, it, uh, it's, like a, it's a fact. Leave your, it, yeah, it's a, it's a fact that it's happened. Does it's, not make your job easier if people who right work for you leave all the time. I don't know if uh, I'm making an excuse or not. I don't want to get the chat all that fired is, that up. That is an observation. Thank you. That is an accurate observation at that. All of my observations are accurate, Steve. How dare you? Not always. Not always. All right. Uh, why don't we take our last time out? Uh, we will wrap up the show right after this. Still time for a phone call if you want to check in at 315-437-7644. We're back after this on ESPN Radio.